I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as uh, we continue our conversation today, this is a, uh, a conversation I've been looking forward to for a little over a week now. Uh, we are so thrilled to be joined today by Sid Dixon, our state superintendent of public instruction, and Dr. Patty Norman, who's the deputy superintendent of student achievement. Uh, welcome to you both. And uh, Sid, maybe we can start with you. It's uh, It's Black History Month. Uh, there has been some controversy around the state of people opting in or opting out. Uh, and uh, we we had this conversation about uh, how do we talk about race and can we do it in a way uh, that creates unity as opposed to more division? Thank you so much, Boyd, for having us. We're thrilled to be a part of this conversation. I think we tend to avoid conversations about race in our classrooms. Because for many of our educators, they're afraid to say the wrong thing. They're not sure what to say. So we start by being honest. Uh, Our students Mm -hmm. of color, they know that they're not white. Our our white students know that they interact with students of color. So taking what we might think of as a colorblind approach, it really takes away from the lived experiences of our students and families of color if we refuse to or pretend that we don't see that authentic person. So starting there. And, and then just understanding that not everybody's comfortable um, talking about race, but it's also about students being able to see themselves in, in the things that they're learning at school. So if all of the books in your classroom are about are white authors and they're about white uh, children and white adults and a student can't see themselves and their experience in your classroom, then that's something that needs to be addressed. So that's a place to start. Uh, And that is such a critical uh, starting point. Uh, Dr. Norman, let me uh, jump over to you. Uh, I I loved how uh, the superintendent talked about these lived experiences, you know, bringing your whole authentic self uh, to the classroom. Uh, I think the kids often get it better than the the parents do. Uh, And sometimes uh, the teachers are uncomfortable not wanting to, you know, to have that bad moment. Uh, What are you seeing in the classroom and, and what can we do to make this conversation better? Um, Thank you for the question. It's exactly as you stated um, and Superintendent Dixon stated, these opportunities that we have that identify are such as race should be seen as assets instead of as um, obstacles. And I think that's what our students are seeing, um, that they actually have the ability to see beyond what adults do because they have those authentic experiences and authentic moments. So in the classroom, teachers are trying to teach how to have critical thinking, how to engage in a conversation, how to disagree in ways that have data and, and findings behind it. It's skill sets that the students are going to need to have forever and teaching those skill sets about how to interact in a school is a safe place to be able to practice those things. And so I think our teachers are a good job of sticking to the standards and being able to practice those things that are lifelong skills. 
It's so important. And uh, like you said, lifelong skills is, is so vital to that. Uh, we had a, uh, a, a piece from Holly Richardson, uh, who uh, is the editor at Utah Policy Daily, uh, works for us here at, at Deseret News, uh, who has adopted uh, children from many different races. And she talked about this idea of not being that being colorblind blind was wrong. Uh, because it wasn't getting into those shared experiences. Uh, so, Superintendent Dixon, as you've seen this play out in our schools and our classrooms, uh, how do we how do we augment those lived experiences in a way that creates space for everyone to to join that conversation? Yeah, such an important reflection. I loved Holly's column, and it you know it's a great always a great learning opportunity to hear from people who have different lived experiences, have children of color, etc. Um, so, you know, one thing is, I think Dr. Norman touched on this a bit, and that is it's it's not a teacher's place to, it's kind of this fine line that they want, because it's really not their place to tell students what to think, but to help them learn how to think. And so um, really affirming what young people are, are, are uh, experiencing and not trying to force children to explain their experiences around racial identity, but really giving our students spaces to share their thoughts and questions without judgment, and then really engaging in self-reflection as adults. I think that people, when they do the work of self-reflection and learning about uh, their own bias and race, et cetera, uh, then they're more comfortable having the conversations and bringing things into the classroom. It's not just about a moment. It's not just about Black History Month, but it's about all cultures and identities all the time as part of the fiber of the school. So I think our students really crave real information, and um, they need it from someone who can take a, a very inclusive approach to education. Yeah. So if, it could be as simple as just saying, you know, it's interesting how we're all different, and it's, it's unfortunate and heartbreaking that people don't treat each other well. So what are we going to do about it and make that really a collective conversation about how we treat each other with respect in the classroom and honor that uh, race is part of our experience. Yeah, that's right. And 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 finding that that common ground, that shared experience. Uh, Dr. Norman, I wanted to ask you in particular. Uh, so often we have our students of color who who may feel marginalized or may just not see any real role models. I, I remember a, a colleague of mine. Uh, who had this great experience seeing a magazine that had the uh, president Tuminez from Utah Valley university on the cover. And she said, that's the first time I had seen someone like me from where I'm from on the cover of a magazine. And it was uh, this transformational moment for her. Uh, and so what are we doing and how can we better foster those kinds of moments and experiences in our classrooms? I think that is probably one of the most important questions of the day is what, what can we do in our classrooms so that all students feel that sense of belonging? They feel like their culture is valued. They feel like their background is valued and they see someone that is a mentor that they can identify with. And I think that what we're doing, you know, through, through policy, we're doing through practice, we're doing through standards is really trying to value that culture. One of the things that the state board has done is created the portrait of a graduate. And this portrait of a graduate now has 13 um, essential transformational elements 
elements that can really empower a student to be everything that they can be. So it talks about our civic engagement. It talks about, you know, being resilient. It talks about um, other things other than just academics to really let the student be able to shine, empower them, and then let them be able to see, you know, um, how does my culture, well, how is my culture reflected in what we're learning and teaching them those critical thinking skills and critical problem solving so that they can be able to take in information and know what's fact and fiction so that they can look at a website and say, is this an ad or is this coming from a place, a, a trusted source? And so really being able to use skills forever instead of just the skills for the day. But it's very important for them to see, recognize, and know someone that they can identify with, not just with race, but other indicators as well. Someone from um, different um, socioeconomic experiences, someone who has, um, you know, um, a, a disability that they have overcome or used in such a way that it has made them um, successful. They all need to see someone that they can um, hold as a hero and, and exemplify, you know, along with their parents who are their first and primary educators. Oh, and and such vital. Those are just crucial conversations. And for, for some, they're, they're uncomfortable conversations. And uh, I think whether it's in our schools or in our communities uh, or especially in our homes, we need to make sure we're creating space for those conversations. And uh, Superintendent Dixon and uh, Dr. Patty Norman, appreciate your perspective and what you're doing to, to help all Utahns recognize that oneness is not sameness uh, and that the great strength of our society is, is found in our diversity. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for Thank having you. us. All right. Again, that's uh, State uh, Superintendent of Public Instruction, Sydney Dixon, and uh, Dr. Patty Norman, who's the Deputy Superintendent of Student Achievement. Uh, and I think these are vital conversations that we have in our classrooms. I love the work that they're doing to create space for those conversations to happen uh, for the kids, for the students, for the parents, and for our community. Uh, these really are crucial conversations. We're going to go ahead and step aside for uh, one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more random acts of kindness, what we can do today to make a difference for somebody else. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.